1: Head of the Pack, Bill, we have not had an episode since week four, six weeks, talking about a Packers win. But man, what a game that was. Packers 31, Cowboys 28 in overtime. A team that is known for quote-unquote folding and being soft when they face deficits erased a 14-point fourth-quarter deficit to keep their season alive. And I know it's an intangible feeling and corny maybe, but didn't you just get the sense listening to how these guys talked pregame that this might have been might have been a switch? Sure. Listen, they could go out and lose to the Titans on Thursday, but they needed this one against a good team. And I wouldn't be surprised if we look back on this game in a month or two and say this is where the Packers turned their season around and and kept their season alive for an eventual playoff push.
2: Yeah, I agree, Matt. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that, considering I wrote these guys off, what? So did I. A month ago, right? So did right? I. I mean, we all did. Um, but look, I, the 49ers won night, but they're still a game behind in the win column. So they got a shot. Um, it was interesting, Matt. There's a lot of things. I mean, there are God. There's a million things interesting about this game. But what struck me tonight was Matt LaFleur practically crying at the podium. That's how much this game meant to him, considering... Five consecutive losses, all the work. Every week comes in, it's a good week of practice. We did all the right things. We're just not getting the payoff, and here he comes tonight. Um, Sounds like he maybe broke down in front of the team, and then he broke down in front of us showing just what this win meant to him.
1: Yeah, I was not in LeFleur's press conference. I was uh, talking to Christian Watson's mom for uh, my story off tonight's game, but um, we haven't really seen that side of him. No. And I think sometimes we forget... Yeah, they get paid a lot of money. They get paid to coach and play football. Who wouldn't want to do that? And yeah, it's our job to write what happens. But these guys are humans too. And losing has obviously been hard on a coach who hasn't done much losing over his time here, over the past three years and change. So um, you could tell how much the win meant to him, how much the win meant to guys like Christian Watson, Aaron Rodgers. I was not in the locker room since uh, since Christian Watson went to the podium today. But I, I think you could just feel they needed this one. Um, they needed a win to turn their season around. Aaron Rodgers said last week was rock bottom. A loss to the Lions. Isn't it funny how football works? Nine points against the worst scoring defense in football. 31 points against uh, defense tied for tied for the best scoring defense in football. That's why this game's the best. It
2: is. I mean, who would have thought this, right? I mean, our good friend Rob Demosky. We're not going to share all the details of, of poor Rob's fate in in a certain football pool, um, but he picked the he picked the Cowboys to not no money at stake. This is not like, you know, real gambling. But you know, he he picked the Cowboys to cover. Look, we all would have right. If I was a gambling man and I'm not Matthew's because I'd be in the poorhouse. I'd have taken the Cowboys to to waltz tonight. I mean, if, if you lose to the Lions, you're three and six. And you are, what are they 11th place in the standings heading into tonight? I think they're 11th. You just lost for Sean Gary. You've lost five in a row. You just scored nine points against a crappy team. I'd have picked the Cowboys by a million tonight.
1: Yeah, and, and you, maybe not a million. Maybe, a maybe not a million. but And you wouldn't be crazy to do that. There was no reason the Packers should have won this game no Eric Stokes, no Rashawn Gary, no Devondre Campbell, uh, no Romeo Dobbs. You know, the offensive line was healthy. Which, which hasn't really been the case this year. I believe today was the first game David Bakhtiari played every offensive snap this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, sure, things weren't perfect. There were still some penalties. The defense was getting gashed in the run game. But they found a way to win. And these are the games, like games against the Commanders and the Giants and the Bills that they lost in, in recent weeks. Um, and even the Lions last week, those were the kinds of games that we've seen the Packers pull out and find a way to win the last three years. Today was a sign that they're not dead yet. And they were down 14 points. And Aaron Rodgers told us after the game that was a moment when he said, you know, that we could have gone, oh, we're about to be 3-7, and seven, wrap it up, start making offseason plans. And he said he did learn something about the makeup of this team. For everything that's gone on in the past month and a half, he learned a lot about the makeup of his team with how they responded down 14 in the fourth quarter. And it's encouraging. We got a, a home game against the Titans on Thursday. Like you said, they're, they're one game out of the win column of, of a playoff spot. I don't think we were wrong to say their season was all but dead after they lost to the Lions because why, why should we have believed they could do what they did today? But that's why this job is interesting because it gives you something different every single week. Yeah, you mentioned the, the the close games in that, Matt. And
2: you, you go back to the 2019 team. They played a million close games, and they won like all yeah. of them. Were they a 13-3 and team? Well, yeah, they were, but were they really a 13-3 and team? No. I mean, they got killed by the Niners in the championship game. It just shows, and then you look at this team, they've, they've lost all the close games, whether they self-inflicted wounds or bad luck or bad this or bad that. They've been in most of these games. They just haven't made the play. It's just so fickle, Matt. They're a play here and a play there from, I'm not saying 8-2, and two, but being in a lot better shape than they are now. But it is a, man, what a great sport to think that, to think that you're dead. And then the Dallas is 6-2 and two and coming off a bye. These guys are really damn good. Really good.
1: Really good team. The Packers went from the number 12 seed in the NFC to the number 9 seed in the NFC. Um, the 49ers are seventh, the last playoff spot at five and four. The commanders are eighth at four and five. They play tomorrow night against the Eagles. So let's say they lose that game. They'll be four and six Packers, four and six Falcons, four and six Cardinals, four and six Lions and Rams, three and six Panthers, saints and bears, three and seven. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams, um, in the NFC with three or four wins. And then two more with five wins. Only the Vikings and the Eagles have really distinguished themselves from the rest. And maybe even the Giants at 7 and 2. But they're alive. Yes, it's going to be hard since this is a tough stretch of games here. But if they can get one against the Titans, then hell, going into Philly on a Sunday night, yeah, I'm going to pick them to lose that game. But who knows? <laughs> I picked them to lose. I-, I thought they would lose this game too. It's unbelievable. Um, let's start
2: with the offense, Matt. Where is this offense? And we, we, this is, is going to cover like half of the reader questions. Where has this offense been all year? As in, you've got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, run the football behind them, and then set up the play action passing game, which worked like a charm today. Why has it taken so long? Rhetorical question. You don't have the answer to this. But why has it taken so long to get to this offense? Because this is this is like what we all thought the offense would be that would win, and it took
1: them to week ten. And you said it. I have not seen the Packers set up the passing game with the run as well as they did today. The Packers have eclipsed 200 rushing yards in two of the last three weeks. Keep doing that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought obviously Aaron Jones was spectacular today. You know, 24 for 138 in the touchdown. But A.J. Dillon, 13 carries for 65 yards, five yards a carry. And he was pushing the pile like A.J. Dillon should every single week. It was really impressive what those guys did today. And like you said, it set up the play-action-passing game. For example, on third and one, I sat in the press box and said to you and Rob and Wildy, <laughs> third and one, oh, they're taking out uh, – who'd they take out? I think they took out Tunyon for Mercedes Lewis and took out someone for Samori Ture. I was like, they are running this ball. They are going to run the ball. On third and one – on their own 41-yard line. Sure enough, play action, because Rogers said he saw Malik Hooker starting to bite on, on a couple play actions before that. Third and one, Watson beats single coverage down the right sideline. Touchdown. Shows shows you just how little I know.
2: <laughs> that was a hell of a play, too. Um, the, the coverage was really good. The throw was perfect. Watson ran through a tackle. Man, poor Anthony Brown. Head first to the turf. And then, and then the backflip to end it. Um, yeah, if anybody had Christian Watson in their fantasy league,
1: party. Yeah, congratulations.
2: But, yeah, but again, I mean, there's, there's another great story here. Here's a guy, look, we all know, even though Watson said he'd forgotten about the play, of course he hadn't. Drops a 75 yarder at Minnesota in week one for the touchdown. He missed, what, three games over two separate stints with hamstring injuries? He missed most of a game with a concussion, missed half of a game with a, they were afraid it was a concussion. His rookie season, and I think, I'm pretty sure we talked about it last week, week, how his rookie season had basically been going down the drain, no fault of his own. Yep. But for a guy that we talked about since August, a guy that would have to be, would have to emerge as a key player down the stretch for this offense to really take flight, to miss so much time, you just figure this is just not going to happen this year. So now you wonder where, what this offense can take off from from here. Not that, not that going not get three touchdowns every week, but he's like at least Velda Scantling, in, which every time he's on the field, defenses have to be scared to death of him, right? But he's a more. I think he's going to be a more complete player. Actually, I'm sure he's going to be a more complete player. But boy, you got to be you got to be wary of that deep ball every time he's on the field because he can just blows past people.
1: And that's the thing with him. I wrote tonight in my story like. Sure, Rodgers could say, oh, rookie drops two passes on the opening drive, I'm not going back to him. He has no other choice. There is nobody on the team that can do what Christian Watson can do in terms of stretching the field, beating man coverage. Devontae Adams could. Marcos Valdez-Scantling could. Nobody else is as fast, athletic, as explosive, as much of a big play threat as Watson. So you're going to live with it. You're going to live with the mistakes he made. After those two drops, both Rodgers and LaFleur went over to him on the sideline and said we're going to keep going to you. And they did. And even after the first touchdown, when he kind of looked back instead of looking up for that deep ball down the right sideline, that should have been another touchdown, quite frankly. He put that aside, caught two more touchdowns. And his ability to do that is part of the reason why Rodgers trusts him so much. He doesn't let one mistake compound into another. And I thought it was interesting. Um, When I asked Rodgers about Watson. Uh, after the game, he said earlier this year he noticed Watson and Romeo Dobbs too. They they just get they beat themselves up too much. They get too hard on themselves. So Rodgers enlisted his fellow offensive captains Aaron Jones, Mercedes Lewis, to keep an eye on Watson and Dobbs and make sure they don't beat themselves up too much. Because if they do, that's when a game like tonight does not become possible. Um, so just mentally, for a rookie who has shouldered the expectation and pressure of coming in as a second-round pick on a team that lost Devontae Adams and MVS, I think what he did today was impressive. And, and that was kind of the main theme of my short talk with his mom on the phone was they've his mom was like, we've known he can do this all along, and not just this season, dating back his whole life. But he hasn't been able to because he's been hurt. It's not his fault. His brother, his, uh, Trey Watson, who plays in the CFL, who's Christian's older brother, uh, texted me today like he can do things it's like the team has packages of plays for him every time he's healthy they know he can do stuff it's just about staying on the field and it was kind of like an i told you so moment for them so which i thought was which i thought was neat and it was evident by the video they posted after his third touchdown trey watson posted a video of his mom in front of the tv just cursing at the tv which i thought was funny
2: (laughs) you wonder where this can go from from here right he, a guy who's had, it's been a rough year. I mean, and you mentioned the two drops to bounce back from that. Now, obviously, the key is to to do it again and again. And if he can do it again and again, there's no reason why the team itself can't do it again. And again, we've said it all along, Matt, that this team is going to go as far as him and Romeo Dobbs can take it. Because Alan Lazard is Alan Lazard. He's a good player. Sammy Watkins, looks here a, a couple of good plays today. I mean, he's he's not going to get them anywhere. Randall Cobb's a pretty decent Role player, but for this offense to really take flight and make a push, it's going to be up to those young guys. And with Dobbs out with the high ankle sprain for another, what, week or two, yeah. maybe? It's really going to be up to Watson to be that guy and, and to make sure that tonight wasn't just a, a one hit wonder kind of game.
1: And Randall Cobb uh, is now eligible to come off IR.
2: He looked really good pregame, didn't he, Matt, from you know, watching from
1: the 7th floor like we were? Yes, he did. Um, so some positive signs. And listen, Sure. It would have been fine to, you know, we always talk about rooting for the stories and honest, we don't root for the Packers to win or lose. I know people think we do, but I probably would have still written Christian Watson anyway, had they lost, but it makes the story better that they won, And Hey, We've talked about it. Getting a top five draft pick would do wonders for our traffic. But guess what also would do wonders if the Packers go on a winning streak? I I said to you before the game, I said, they got to either win out or lose out. (laughs) Those are the best case scenarios for us.
2: Yeah, no, nobody's reading about eight and nine football teams. Nobody cares. Where the passion is, is getting hotter than hell down the stretcher. Just wheels coming off. And you kind of thought they were going to tonight, didn't you? When it goes from 14-7, to seven, and then they get got this terrible two-minute drive. Joe Barry's defense, just like a cheap pinata, getting beaten the hell out of. So it's 14, then Amari Rodgers, is Amari Rodgers things, and all of a sudden it's 28-14, and I know we have different jobs, Matt, but I am banging out my Packers lose again story at that point. Yep. So, you know, you mentioned off the top, this is a team that too frequently is kind of folded up shop when, they, when they've fallen behind. With the season on the line and really no expectation of making it happen, they made it happen tonight. So huge win tonight. We'll see what happens on Thursday. I mean, it, it is Derrick Henry. These guys play terrible run defense, Matt. I'm sitting, there, I'm sitting there next to Rob. It was third and whatever. And Rob goes, what, what do you think they're going to run? I go, draw play. Sure enough, draw play for like 15. This run defense is terrible. Terrible. Terrible.
1: I will say, though, Bill, and I'm looking up the box score now, uh, week 16 of the 2020 season, the, Titan, the yeah. Titans came into Lambeau Field, and we said, ah, a putrid Packers run defense is going to get run all over in the snow. Derrick Henry ran 23 times for 98 yards that day, 4.3 yards per carry. For him, the Packers won that game 40-14. to 14. It's been done before. They have no wide receivers, and they don't have good quarterbacks. They have a good defense and a good running game. It's going to be a good game, I think.
2: That is, the, if you think Green Bay has
1: bad receivers, I was
2: looking at that box score tonight. I have no idea who these guys are. It's like they picked up, you know, Joe from the corner tap, and there's a guy who you know sets the pins at the bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, you know, they found someone, someone,
1: someone playing pickleball. Yeah, they have tra- they have Traylon Burks who just came off IR, I believe, their first round pick. Yeah, Nick westbrook Akine had five catches for 119 yards and two touchdowns today against the Broncos. I have no idea who he is. Well, the Packers might want to find out because if he went, they have Austin Hooper at tight end. He's a yeah, good. Yeah, he is. Robert Woods. But yeah, Derrick Henry—that's yeah. who they have. That that Packers are going to need to stop that guy. But um, let's get to some questions. Yeah, we have a lot of them. Um, yeah, let's tackle the Amari Rodgers questions first.
2: Yeah, there's there's 800 of them of miscellaneous. You know, shapes and colors and styles.
1: Uh, yeah, so his first punt return kind of went off his head, or his chest, and he was able to hold on. His second punt return um, lost the fumble, and what was it? It was 14-14 at the time with the Packers about to get the ball back, and he just gave the Cowboys the ball in prime field position. Um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. That It was insane that they kept trotting Amari Rodgers out. Someone said on Twitter that it would be understandable if he at least posed the threat of a big return. Yes. Like Watson, like Dobbs. They pose big play threats so you can live with the drops. There is no threat with Amari Rodgers. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He is, at least from our interactions with him. But he's not a good punt returner. In fact, he's a very bad punt returner. And Rob Domovsky had a good stat. Uh, He has five fumbles this year. One of them is, I believe... The lateral. It was a yeah that that series of laterals at Washington. He got a okay. For so for that. with that five, is the most for a non-quarterback. This is a dude who doesn't play on offense, doesn't touch the. I shouldn't say doesn't play. He plays. He barely mm. touches the ball on offense, and he still leads all non-quarterbacks in fumbles. That's how bad of a punt returner he is. And they finally made the change. Keyshawn Nixon, who offers some some juice on returns. Makes a couple people miss. Uh, they finally went with him. They, they had reached the end of the straw with Amari Rodgers. I don't see what role he plays on this team. Um, they're not going to cut him because he's a third-round pick and the GM has an ego, but, you know, I thought it was funny. The last thing before I'll turn it over to you, Keyshawn Nixon's first punt return, he caught the ball over his head and then palmed it. <laughs> so it's like, all right, what what are we doing here?
2: It's like, oh, that's why Amari Rodgers is returning mm-hmm. once, because the alternative is Keyshawn Nixon, right? That's the first thing I thought. It's like, oh, well, this guy can't do it either, and he was actually fine. Um, what was your stat, Matt? He's got eight catches and seven fumbles in his career. I, Am I getting I that right? I saw
1: someone tweet that, that he has uh, eight career catches and seven career fumbles. That's not a good ratio. No, no, no.
2: Man, but seriously, what do you do? I mean, I know, I know what you do. I mean, you don't play him anymore, but, man, he was a third-round pick a year ago. I, I wonder, and I don't know if Richard Passaccia will answer this tomorrow. We're talking tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I don't feel answers tomorrow. Who's, is it Passaccia's decision that Amari Rodgers is out there? Is he kind of hamstrung by the, by the GM saying, hey, this is my third round pick and he can't play receiver. He's got to do something. I don't know, but um, it was belatedly made the move there. So they, it's a third round pick, man. He's going to be gone in two years. He might be gone. And a year and three quarters. Unbelievable. He might be gone next week. He might be. This team's third round. They should just forfeit third round. They should trade their third round pick for a seventh round pick.
1: (laughs) Straight up. The first such trade in NFL history. I'll I'll take your your seventh round compensatory pick. I'll give you a third just so I don't have to pick in the third round. Goody has drafted Oren Burks, Jay Sternberger, uh, Josiah Deguara, Amari Rogers, and Sean Ryan in the third round. Yeah, Deguara's okay, and we and Ryan could be good in the future too. It's too early for him. But he was terrible in camp. I mean, he just looked like he's over. Now he was an offensive
2: tackle in college, so I get there's some some learning curve there. But man, he didn't look very good either. So we'll see. But whoo, Nelly, it's bad news. All right, Bruce Siski, let's move on from Amari yes. Rogers talk. That's too gloomy. People want to hear about victory. Of everything you saw today, what's the biggest thing that makes you think this performance
1: could be sustainable? Christian Watson. I mean, all season, Aaron Rodgers said it. We said it. Maybe the key to getting this passing game going was getting Christian Watson healthy. You know what Alan Lazard can do. We saw what Dobbs can do. We, we know what Randall Cobb can do. The unknown was Christian Watson. We, we We saw in spurts how he can beat people, but he had never really – finished off the plays he couldn't track deep balls he couldn't catch them I shouldn't say couldn't there was one of each um if he can keep doing this like you said it at least offers the threat now that teams know he can do that it opens up so much more they have to play him and the rest of the Packers offense differently makes makes all the difference in the world that was I'm not saying Christian Watson's Devontae Adams by any means, but that was why having Devontae Adams was such a luxury. Teams had to game plan around him and devote all their resources to him so it allowed the rest of the Packers' offense to do a lot of things. If teams are offering safety help to Watson because they know he can beat a corner off the line one-on-one, that opens up the middle of the field. That opens up the other side of the field for the passing game. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, because Lazard's a good player, and Tunyon catches everything thrown his way. So
2: two guys who are pretty good players to begin with suddenly, I think, become better players. So good point, Matt. All right. Um, this is from the Dole Whip. This will be a quick one here. Did we get an answer on what went wrong on the two-minute drill? Yeah, that was Matt Lafleur apparently resting the play calling away from Rodgers a bit. Now, Riders has always run the two-minute. Um, it seemed like Lafleur basically ran the show here, gave riders some run pass options, but Lafleur took the um, some of the play calling there, and then took the blame for doing so.
1: Yeah, I, uh, you know, I always appreciate how honest Aaron Rodgers is. He was asked, um, <laughs> "What were you upset about at the end of regulation?" When he turned to Lafleur and kind of chewed him out on the sideline, and Rodgers' answer was, "Just every single play call, probably." <laughs> That's an amazing answer. Um, it was interesting, you know they.
2: They played very slow at first, because you, you got to get that first first down. Otherwise, the Cowboys are going to have a whole boatload of time. So, they, they mean, I mean, I think people in the seats are getting on easy with, come on, let's go. But they had the timeouts. They just needed to get a first down, and, yeah, that was a uh, – oh, I haven't seen Rodgers' that irate in a no. long time. I and mean, We saw Rodgers irate last week plenty, but this is like a whole other level of irate. Yep. All right, Clay-y, Clay E, Clay – 4112. Are we running the table now? Now, of course they're not gonna run the table. But Matt, let's go. Let's do a schedule here, shall we? Just for kicks. Let's do it. Next week, Tennessee. Win or loss? Uh win. At Philly. Loss. Alright, so that makes them 5-7 at Chicago. 6-7. Bye week. Loss. Home against the Rams. Oh, the Rams stink. I'm gonna go win. Yeah, 7-7. Seven,
1: seven. At Miami. This is a this is the wild card game. That's the card. wild card game. On Christmas, a, a, noon, a yeah. noon central start on Christmas Day. I'm gonna go loss. Me too. So you're seven and eight.
2: Then you're home against Minnesota, home against Detroit. I think that to
1: sneak into the playoffs, I think nine and eight could do it. Yes, but can they get there? They need to At least split those Miami Minnesota games. They're not losing to the Lions again, but they need to at least split that Miami Minnesota two-game stretch.
2: Yeah, if you're if you're Green Bay, you're maybe hoping that Philly's like 15 and 0 at that point, and Minnesota can't get to number one, but they've already got the North wrapped up, so the Vikings maybe aren't quite as sharp. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be nice. But you're right. It's it's. I mean, you just look at that schedule. That is, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be. But, 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 but guess
1: what? You've given away too many games. You could make the argument, since the Vikings hadn't really played anybody except before beating the Bills today, entering today you could have made the argument that the Cowboys were the second-best team remaining on their schedule. They just beat them, so why can't they beat everyone else? Now, if they beat the Eagles, the Packers are going to the Super Bowl, but that's a big <laughs> F. <if. laughs>
2: I meant to say this with the Amari Rodgers stuff. There's no, no discussion here. This is from Chris Wanless. It's funny. Would it be a net gain for the Packers to just rush 11 on every punt? The answer to that would be Oh, well, yeah. We've,
1: we've talked about that before. Probably.
2: That's just Might a funny be line. a net gain, yeah. All right. Here's one from Scott. Youper forty twenty one. And I'll have to go back and watch this game. Even in a win, the film still shows 12 missing wide-open receivers and instead throwing into coverage. Fox showed us a few different times today with 13 running free. Why has this been so common this year?
1: Uh, Hesitation. I think it's partially his fault. Partially, uh, you get kind of trigger hesitant when you don't trust your receivers as much and when you don't trust your line and when everything around you is moving uh, around all season and not as good as it has been in years past. Now, I'm not excusing it because he hasn't been nearly as good as the last two years, but... Uh, it's a lot of different factors. Yeah, I agree with that, Matt. And I'll, I'll go back to last week's game against Detroit where,
2: and look, everybody had this on their Twitter, where Lazard and Tunyon are streaking open up the middle of the field. And it's like, why didn't Rodgers throw the ball? Well, it's because one of those guys ran the wrong route, and Rodgers didn't trust what he saw. He's like goofed him up. And there's just so been so much of that stuff where guys just aren't in the right place at the right time, and he goes back there, he doesn't trust it. So every Joe Blow who's watching you know, NFL Plus and the All-22, can see guys running wide open. Why did he throw the ball? Well, there are, there are some circumstances here that we don't know. Now, maybe he's making excuses to excuse away bad play. That could be possible, right? But I do tend to think that the quarterback maybe knows more about quarterback than play than guys like you and me watching. So just my two cents. Um, from John Jansen, who's the other John on the tweeter, do you think Christian Watson could be a number one this year? If Cobbs and Dobbs are back next week, which wide receiver is going to not see the field much? Sammy Watkins? Yes. I would say on that, John, I think number one is overblown. Like, Devontae Adams is number one mm-hmm. in most teams. I shouldn't say, Like, Green Bay, the number one is the number one read on a specific play. So you don't have to have, quote-unquote, a number one. It's who is the number one on a certain play. So it could be Randall Cobb is the number one read on this play. Tunyon could be the number one read in the next play, and that kind of thing. So that's. But, but I will say, John, to your point, I think it is going to be Watson, Cobb, and Dobbs. Some Teray, maybe, and not much at all. And Lazard. Points. Oh, Lazard too. Yeah. So you I mean you, you got to go with four? I Man, you can't. Yeah. Well, you can, but you'd rather not run those guys out there for seventy plays right. a game.
1: All right. Let's do two more.
2: Mike. At S S Y Y L L V E have no idea, that's Is what Is that a bot? No, it's a what's well, a damn good question for a Does bot. Does he have a blue check mark? Did, did take... he pay eight dollars for a blue check mark? Um no, he did not. He's cheap. <laughs> why did
1: why did it take Joe Barry so long to play Rudy Ford at safety? Oh my god. I know. There's... Two weeks ago or was it yeah, two weeks ago, Joe Barry implied and basically said that he didn't have anyone good enough to play at safety if he wanted to move Darnell Savage down to the slide. Darnell Savage isn't unbelievable at anything. He's just not very good. He's not good in coverage, can't tackle. It's not a good recipe for being a safety. Rudy Ford, yeah, Dak Prescott threw the ball right to him, but... We've seen Packers players drop interceptions. He caught them, caught two, returned to each for 34 yards, and had a couple nice stops in the run game, too. He's a good player. <laughs> yes, I don't understand it because a couple weeks
2: before that, they played Rudy Ford and Dime. He got a smattering of snaps. And Barry is talking about, you know, Rudy Ford gives him options and he's a good player. But then when push comes to shove, they wouldn't play him. So now with Jonathan Abram here, that's interesting, right? Isn't because you kinda of thought they they picked up Abram. So Abram could be that safety so Savage could go play nickel. But the way Rudy Ford played tonight, it's like an embarrassment of Riches at safety. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The Rich get richer, Matt. Here's a good question from James Moran, Jigs forty four. I don't have the answer for you, James, but it's a great question. Will sixty nine that'd be David Bakhtiari play a full game Thursday with a short week. I don't know the answer to that
1: James but it's a great question. That is a good question. It's on this playing surface so that helps. Yeah, he's played a lot on grass.
2: I mean grass home games. He's played a lot. I think maybe against New England he played or is it against the Jets he played most of the snaps so he's played a lot so it'll be interesting. Yep. He's he's
1: so good. Man oh man. He really is. He he blocked that guy into the bench today. <laughs>
2: I know uh, literally all the way to the bench. is was unbelievable.
1: Pretty impressive. All right, one more, then we'll get out of here. All right, from Matt Pickett, who uh, I met
2: outside of Krolls today. If they keep playing like they did tonight, what do
1: you think is our ceiling? Um, like, here, let's answer it's this one, Probably a Matt. divisional round playoff exit is the ceiling. Right. So you don't, and I'm going to agree with you on this, if they're playing
2: Minnesota or Philly on the road in a divisional round? Yeah. Probably not going to happen. Yeah, I'm interested to see Philly. I, I haven't seen much of them at all. Um, but the familiar area of Minnesota, maybe maybe Joe Burry would put Jair on Justin Jefferson. That would no, be something. Who are we
1: kidding? That's, that that no, seems too not. sensible.
2: Yeah, it. it it's going to be – I mean, look, they, I realize they won tonight without Rashawn Gary, but that pass rush was terrible. You're really bad. Really bad. It's going to be hard. Um, I haven't seen enough of Philly to know they play Monday night. We'll take a look at them then. But, yeah, look, they played really good tonight, but this team is just so flawed. And unless somehow they can get this defense playing anywhere near its potential, which is going to be hard without Gary, mm-hmm. you can't give up 28 – expect to win many of these games. I'm sorry.
1: No, you cannot. But there will be games where Aaron Rodgers doesn't fumble the ball at the 10-yard line and Mari Rodgers doesn't, you know, uh, lose the ball near midfield. So if they can clean up some of that, then maybe they won't give up 28 every game. Yeah, would help. It certainly would. Well, that was different, talking about a win for a change. Um, Short week, Titans on Thursday night. We'll talk to you again after that game. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed this high-spirited, cheery episode of Head of the Pack. Thanks again for your great questions. We always appreciate you guys delivering in that regard. Uh, We'll talk to you in a couple days.